listening to the Wouldn't It Be Cool podcast with Chris Dempsey. Hey guys, welcome back. Wouldn't It Be Cool podcast. I'm Chris Dempsey. Um, thanks for coming back. Please email me, wouldn't it be cool podcast at gmail.com. Uh, wouldn't it be cool on Facebook and Instagram? And please do reach out, especially with this one, because what I did is uh, we went to a crowded, fun restaurant bar, Sonny's Tavern in Dover, New Hampshire. And, um, and it was really, really fun. Place was packed. Uh, and you can definitely hear it in the background. And I feel like we're up front. And you can hear us, and hopefully it's not too distracting. So I'd definitely be curious to hear what people think. So reach out and and let me know, um, because if it's fun to listen to, kind of open up, opens up where I can do these things. So um, yeah, let me know. Um, so this is a really cool conversation because it's yet another great example of just hey, meet my friend Steve, um, and. It's just someone who's in my life all the time. And another great example, again, of everyone's got a story and uh, everyone has something to offer because we just proceed to have just really an amazing, deep, emotional conversation that, uh, you know, could have gone on for a long time. Um, so there's really not much to say. You'll, you'll, um, you'll meet him. He's, he's a good friend of mine. He is a uh, owner of, um, physical therapy offices. He does some comedic hypnotism. He's a parent, he's a husband, and uh, he's a, he's a good friend of mine. So I think you will enjoy this and I think you'll get a lot out of it. So sit back and enjoy. Peace. Now we're rolling. Good. Just like that. Um, so, Steve. There's no music or anything that brings us in. Like, <laughs> that, that comes later in editing. Says, Welcome, everybody. Yes, exactly. Special guest, Steve Convola. <laughs> Steve, tell us a little bit about yourself. Exactly. Um, so, and, and I typically, like as you know from listening, I, I do an intro first, right? And then... Uh, but I also, sometimes it seems like it jumps into it kind of awkwardly. So yeah. like, I'd love to hear your intro about it. Right. Yeah, actually. exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What do you think of Steve? So do you, it, yeah. explain Steve. <laughs> if you had to do an intro on Steve, I'd love to hear it right now, actually. Chris, right. I'm going to put you on the, I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay, I, I can do that. All right. So my intro of Steve Coppola, everybody, and Steve <laughs> is, um, um, Steve is a extremely successful guy, doing very well for himself. Like, yes. you know, as the most surface, uh, readily just surface description. Um, but one of the things, or one of the things that makes you compelling as a guest and as a person, as a friend, is um, you're someone who 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 does very well, but has worked extremely hard for it. Absolutely. Um, I don't know a ton about your background, but that's what we're here to dive into, for one. 
but um, I do know that you are in a much different place than you were. Um, literally, again, just financially, which is obviously a yeah. scratch on the surface sure. is what people should be uh, noted for, right? Um, but um, also, but on top of that, you're like you're you're one of the most generous people I've ever met. Thank you're you. like you will so incredibly authentically genuinely go out of your way to help someone um and um you are extremely like level-headed fair like you know we we were just sitting here let everyone know we're sitting in sunny's tavern in downtown dover new hampshire uh owned by my friends dean and amanda Um, incredible place incredible place um and we we were obviously we've been here for a while we had a nice long conversation talk about stuff but um you're someone who, like, you don't you you you're a very compassionate. It's it's an, it's, it's an interesting description because you're you are a compassionate person, um, extremely caring, but you're also extremely level-headed. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. So you don't make decisions based on um, emotion and personal gain, even though th- those are two sure. kind of wide spectrums of yeah. something. But yeah, still, yeah. like, um, you make them uh, based on um, the good. Of more than just yourself. Sure. Yeah. You know, to put I appreciate it pretty, you saying to, that. To put it pretty simply. And so yeah. um, you and I have had some great conversations about, you know, like we, we've kind of remember sitting on the beach at your lake house and we had like, uh, and we, we were talking about, um, God, kids. raising kids. We were talking about um, a little more, a little bit more about my past mm. and things like that. And it was, that was my introduction to just like, yeah, this dude is frigging like down to earth. He's got a really good grasp. He, you do not bring a lot of ego to things. Probably because I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> I was too humbled as a as a, a, a getting picked on as a child. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. Yeah, I love right. your podcast. It's called "Wouldn't It Be Cool?" And I'm like, there's really nothing cool uh, about me, or at least you know my background. You know, maybe yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. maybe I feel cool about where I am now. You yeah, know, and yeah, I and I as and you I, should and 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 I you know, not just financially but i just where i am now yeah. what i love most and, and thank you for saying those things what i love most is really that part about uh that i would help anyone because that that truly fills me oh yeah you know what i mean it truly fills me yeah. you know i'm at the point now where i'm like well i may be cutting back on some of what i do you know and uh every day but the everyday part that i have to go to work i don't have to go to work every day and yeah. i'll be even a little bit less lately and i've been reading these books Ernie Zielinski on how to retire happy, free, and wild, as I think it's called, and uh, the joy of not working. And as I'm reading those and, and, and looking at myself and going, well, what do I want to do? What fills me? And one of those things that fills me, and one of the biggest things, is I like to make a change. I like to make a difference, and I like to make people feel good. And, um, and then I go, well, is it be- am I doing that for my own for my own gratitude that I'm doing that because yeah. I want them to think I'm really great because I help them. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's Freud's thing. Yeah. That's Freud's. Like every action is a selfish action. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. you, you know, yeah. But I'm like, so if that is true, so be it. At least right. I'm helping somebody along yeah, the yeah, way, exactly. right? I'm not just doing exactly. it. I think I'm doing it for the right reasons, but I think that maybe does it feed my ego? Yeah, well, maybe it does, but. Um, you know, I have a spiritual background to me too, and you know, it, 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 it talks about you know, feed the hunger, you know, give 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 clothing to the poor, you know, to 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 do good things. So, I hope I'm doing those things. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. 
I'm yeah, hoping yeah. you're doing those things. Yeah, and you are for sure. Well, yeah, thank I mean, you. I, 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 um, I mean, I've been witnessing what you've been doing with um, Tucker, and we can talk about that. Yeah. But and then the other one is um, um, AJ Cooper. What right? is, that his, is that his name? He's a friend of mine. What yeah, he, so he's yeah. a Facebook friend of mine. He became like we became Facebook friends. Really, kind of like a Ariana post, and like oh. we just we connected. We became friends. Yeah, and uh, and so we we um, we we chat. Oops, sorry. We <laughs> chatted a little bit about how we knew you. Interesting. Oh, so what brings you to the Coppola family? You know, <laughs> and uh, and his big thing was, I mean, really, all he spoke about was just like how incredibly generous um, you have been to him and how sort of um helpful and i didn't even i don't even know i have yeah. no idea i didn't even ask you know what yeah. i mean i was just yeah. like i was just like wow that's really cool that that's what i took away it was yeah. just like that's really cool that's that's been my observation sure sure and uh and here's someone who's like the first thing they say is just like oh my god he's like you been know the most generous like helpful person like can't say enough yeah and it's interesting because uh, and, and very nice and and that's probably one of the things those things don't let the left hand know what the right hand's doing so yeah, I, yeah. I, maybe I won't speak of the details in terms of what it done but let me tell you what he did for me uh, I had we had remember it was a couple of years ago that we had that big storm uh, all big, the snow big storm yeah. yeah yeah and we were out of electricity for what six seven days something like that yeah. now he was a um, somebody that I know through what I do at work <laughs> I don't know how to say it any other way yeah. and um <laughs> He, you know, we became friends, and we've been to the uh, Bruins game together, Red Sox game together with our with our kids, and so I've known him through the years. Um, and uh, he said, "Hey, I have electricity at my house out here in Concord. Come on out." And I said, "Well, I got my family, I got my uncle, I got my father-in-law, mm-hmm. I have two dogs. Bring them all." Yeah, we stayed in his basement uh, for four days and nights, and they opened up their house to us. Uh, so you want to talk about someone who just gave, um, he doesn't come from a lot by any stretch of the imagination, yeah. and he gave of what he didn't even have, and uh, that didn't go unnoticed, needless yeah. to say. Yeah. I mean, what an incredible heart, incredible heart, yeah. and uh, he was thrilled to do it, and um, I was thrilled to have him do it, because we, <laughs> yeah. we needed heat, we needed electricity, we needed showers. Uh, we needed uh, we needed help. Yeah, you know, and I was just like, you know, that's what an incredible, incredible thing that this guy d- did. You know, we've had him up at our lake house and stuff. Uh, just He's just a, a, a really, a, just a very, very giving guy. And, you know, I learned a lot from that. I learned a lot from him. Yeah. Like, he pours himself out, a man who has very little and yet gives even more than that. Uh, yeah. To a fault, honestly. Yeah. Um, but how do you fault it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess it's a... And then he sits around, and then he turns around and just like does nothing but praise yeah. and be really, really grateful. Amazing. Isn't that awesome? It is. It I really is. It. Good guy. Really yeah. good guy. I got to say, I have incredible people in my life. I, I'm incredibly um, I'm blessed to have just great friends, great people. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, give out good, get back good, right? Yeah. The karma thing. Yeah. We we're talking before about so much bad that's going on, and uh, I've decided that you know I'm going to focus on the good stuff and, and try to see the good. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, yeah, cool. <laughs> um, so uh, we might as well go back. You want to go back? Let's go back, man. How far do we have to go? Just purge, purge, uh, let it. Out. You know, I was a geek. Let it out. I was honestly a geek. My mother. We didn't have a ton of money. And Massachusetts, I, right? Yeah, I grew up in Franklin, Mass, yeah. and um, 
my mother's Jewish. My father was what we thought was Italian. Now we're due to DNA thing. He's actually got some more Jewish than he does Italian. We didn't know this, but mother's father's a Coppola. My mother's uh, a Hirsch. You know, have the, these kids. My mother and uh, we didn't have a lot of money. Three kids, um, but you know, we we did okay. But my mother was always penny pinched, and yeah. so while other people walked around in Levi's, I walked around in. Uh, those Wranglers or those <laughs> what are those ones with the patches in the front of your jeans you know yeah, what I'm talking about those yeah, tough I, skins yeah. tough skins and so those Half were my, put together oh pants. my gosh yeah. no tough skins were tough man <laughs> let me tell you I, I couldn't wait I had these lime green tough skins I would do anything to try to get rid of these things I would get on the back my, my friend had his bicycle he had a real bike I had this huffy piece of crap and um, I would literally get on the back with holding on Holding on to a piece of, of rope as he was pedaling, sparks would come out of these enforced <laughs> knees, like trying to get, create a, a, a hole in the knees of these things. And I finally get, I finally get a rip in these tough skins. I mean, they're truly aptly named. They, and these things they're are so stiff, funny. right? They come out, they come out of the washer or the dryer. Bend your leg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They stand up on their own. <laughs> they finally get a hole in them. I can't wait. I go home. I'm like, mom, there's a hole in these. I need. Ones. I can't wait to get rid of these things. She cuts them and makes them into shorts. <laughs> tough, tough skin shorts. shorts. <laughs> I got tough skin shorts. So I couldn't get away from Wrangler Tuskins. Everyone else was wearing Levi's. People were wearing Levi jean coats, and I had a Wrangler tough, you know, Wrangler coat that stood up on itself. It was yeah, hard. Yeah. So I was geek. I, I got picked on, you know, because of what I wore, and uh, I was a sensitive kid. And um, so seventh grade was was really, really, really a rough year. Kids were punching me in the arm. I had three in particular, and I had to say which one hurt the most. And uh, they yeah. called me Guppy because when they hit me, I I'd open and close my mouth, trying not to cry. You know, I mean, it was it was an Jesus. emotional it was an emotional yeah. time. Um, truly sensitive person, and then you add that to it. Yeah, uh, yeah right. Like sensitive to begin with. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And what's amazing though is that same sensitivity. When you're in high school, junior high, you don't realize if you're going to be a healthcare field, which obviously we'll talk about, but there's no place for you in high school or junior high if you're in the healthcare field. There's nothing that you're going to feel like, oh, I'm going to be a great physical therapist or a great nurse or a great doctor because there's no course. You know, you know if you're going to be really good as an accountant. <laughs> okay. Right, right. You you're know you're going math. to be a good sports yeah. kid because you can play sports. You know that you're going to be good in science. I was just okay in any of those, in all in any of those things. There's nothing I excelled in. So it wasn't until I actually touched healthcare field, and I actually put my hands on people that I realized here's my gift. So I went into you know physical therapy, and even emotionally in college, I wasn't ready. I was I was very immature. Uh, but when I matured, um, and I even got kicked out of my major just because mentally I was just immature. Uh, but when I matured. I immediately started getting 3.9 GPA, and uh, and when I put my hands on people, I felt I felt what their problem oh. was. I f- yeah, this yeah. is it. Yeah, yeah. And I start to do spinal manipulations and snap and crack or or stick a needle. I I, I feel uh, intuition, mm. and there's no there's no grade in college or in even high, or high school or junior high, and there's no way that you can feel special in high school or junior high if you're going to go in the healthcare field. You feel lost, honestly, yeah. and that's why I feel like I feel like I was never embraced. You know, I was trying to explain this to my mother uh, last week, and um, she was like, well, I felt lost, too. And I said, but, Mom, remember you did become you, – you went to school for nursing for one year. You stopped for a myriad of reasons, but that's my point. Mm-hmm. People that go in the healthcare field, though, many of them feel lost in, in high school, junior high. Mm-hmm. They just don't – they don't feel like they totally belong. Mm-hmm. Interesting. 
So that's how I felt. Um, but then in college, right, I finally got to the place where I did belong. I felt like I, I was supposed to be there. And, uh, but I suffered with anxiety and panic attacks my whole life. And that anxiety, that panic, is what truly drove me to be a successful entrepreneur, successful businessman, successful uh, with patients. You know, I didn't want anyone to ever feel like I didn't do well by them. So I would spend extra time with them. I would call them at night to make to see how they're doing. Um, you know, that I, I was working in a hospital when I first graduated, in, inpatient and outpatient. And I would do half my day inpatient, half my day outpatient. And after I was done with my outpatient patients, I would actually go back up on the floor inpatient and go check on my inpatient patients. Right. Um, you, you know, no physical therapist really does that. I just... It was that anxiety that I just I wanted to make sure that people were okay with me and what I was doing yeah. for them and was it enough? Yeah. And um, so some of it maybe wasn't a, it wasn't healthy, but nonetheless, at least it went towards a healthy. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. Maybe it went towards a healthy outcome. Outcome, yeah, right? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Said all right, it's good. I got to drive. Got to be enough. Yeah. Where do you think the uh so this might be jumping ahead a little bit, but where do you think the, um, where was that tipping point? Because now, like, you know, um, I mean, I, I, I hesitate to say this because say it. uh, it's, um, because I, I don't feel like I can say, it. I can't speak for you, but yeah. it's like, um, eventually, it seems like there was a tipping point because you seem like a really balanced person. Yeah. You seem like a really, um, um, God, I hesitate. Like it's like you're a healthy person. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah, like, yeah. Because Good I can balance. have a conversation with yeah, you yeah. that you're really honest with yourself. But I think I really feel like you're honest about yourself. I am. And so, so to me, that and an says, open book. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so to me, it says at some point there was like that tipping point. There was yeah. some point at where you. Well, I'll always say that I was a. Uh, I'll always say that I was an open book. Yeah. And um, and I'll always say that being very sensitive to the surroundings and the people and all that stuff. So I don't know if it was actually a tipping point because I was always very sensitive to what was going on around me. And that sensitivity of not wanting somebody to feel a certain way gave a compassion, gave a sympathy, yeah. um, and gave a humility, right? Yeah. I was very humble yeah. um, because when you feel somebody else's emotions, you, it's hard for me to feel cocky about that. I yeah. want to fix it. Yeah. So when you have the mix of mist to fix it, I did learn very early on because I'm very, as you know, I'm right. I'm out there, right? I, I, I did comedy. I do yeah, comedy stage yeah, hypnosis. Yeah. I'm like way out there. But what I realized with patient care is I can't drink, bring people up to my level. This is a, a, a hard lesson to learn. Don't bring people up to your level. You got to get down to that patient's level. Mm. And then you can gradually try to maybe bring them up a little mm. bit. But that was something as a new grad I had to learn. So there were those little switches, those big le lessons learned. Like, oh, come on, we're going to do it. Come on, you can do 10 more. And then all of a sudden that patient didn't want to be on my schedule anymore as a new grad, right? right. Yeah. And um, what, what's wrong, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, you're just, you're just, you're out of control, boy. You know, I mean, mm. it's not that it was out of control. It's just that I was trying to, you know, come on, get up. This is fun. Well, maybe they weren't having yeah. fun, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, so I, I really had to learn, get down to their level, make them feel wanted, loved. Um, I think that love is a piece in everything that yeah. I do. Yeah. Um, and uh, when somebody feels loved, then they, and they, they, they see the genuineness in you. And then from there, you can build the relationship, whether it's a patient-therapist uh, uh, relationship um, or whatever. That's interesting. 
um, I, I'm, I'm tuning into the humility part of it mm. because I think the humility part of it was your tipping point. I feel like um, tuning into how the people felt and, and uh, because I, cause I sort of, I feel that. Like that's the what that's the way I sort of train people. I kind of and I and I've tried to teach that, and it's a weird because there's a vagueness to it. Will you sure. speak? Will you speak to that? Yeah. There's a vagueness to like, um, try imagine trying to imagine trying to teach someone how to empathize. No, I've you, tried. You really can't. I've you tried. know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, you can't like. Work. Well, what you need to do, especially in like in a physical thing, so you need to look at someone and you need to see that they're in pain, and you need to see where the pain's coming from. Right. Right, you yeah. can't teach that. No, someone ha- someone has that I- like innately or not. Yeah, and I believe that, and I, f- I feel like I share that with you. Like yeah. I, I do the same thing with training. Like yep. I know range of motion. I know I know people's range of motion. I know when they're at it. They're at their they're at yeah. their limit. Yeah, and I know when they're starting to feel pain and read between um, the lines. Yeah, and and, and, and so and so I feel like I don't know. That was it. That was, that was, to me that was, that a, was a that I'm seeing like an interesting tipping point where you where you discovered humility. And you discovered empathy. So that, that probably is what helps me. So your next question is, so how do you become successful the an- from that? Right. And the answer is, if you ask me about my staff, I say, I hire the heart, which mm-hmm. really goes along with what you're just talking about, the humility. Mm-hmm. So I look for humility, humility mm-hmm. in, my, in my staff mm-hmm. so that now we have an awesome staff. And I mean that in the right way. That mm-hmm. humility is what... People, you don't need to be the absolute best physical therapist in the world. You need to be somebody who empathizes, knows where they're at, and is just a great coach for them. And just being a great coach, people can heal themselves in many, many ways. And we know that, right? Yeah. If I needed to, if a, if a person, I tell people all the time, if you needed to get, if there was a baby underneath a car and you needed to lift that car, you would lift that car to get that baby out. You'd be able to do that. Even hurt with that bad back, right, mm-hmm. that, you know, that you had. You'd be able to do that. So it's amazing what we're capable of what doing with the right motivation, yeah. you know, and with the right heart. Yeah. So I have th- that is why, I'm, I, and we'll talk, I'm sure, but I have six yeah. physical therapy practices in each and every way. I try to hire the heart in each one. And when yeah. we get to hire the heart, then what happens is the patient feels like they're part of our, fa- our couple of physical therapy family. They really do. Uh, we, 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 we're open to them phone calls were open to them. Many have my email, many have my text message, many are your Facebook friends um, because they truly are part of the family and, 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 and I get that with a lot of my staff yeah. and that's why I grew to six clinics, right? Yeah. It's um, yeah. so, an interesting humility. journey. It's, it's, it's interesting that you said that. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool journey. It's really interesting. You know, it's like, it's really to come, to come from being kind of like this really... Um, and I'm putting this word in your mouth, but insecure, you yeah. know, like an insecure young That's person. Good, good point. It's a good, um, good word. And, and like picked on. And, yeah. And, um, and uh, so you didn't, so you weren't kind of like, um, you didn't start with this strength. You didn't start with this confidence. You didn't, you didn't have a lot of uh, help um, and support in that arena. And then to, to, to gain that through humility. Yeah. That's an interesting path. You know, and it's pretty cool. It's very cool. Yeah. It's it, pretty cool. I didn't have it in in junior high or high school, but when I went to camp during the summers, I I had it. Yeah, it's funny I had a confidence uh, yeah. in in in, uh, in camp cool. that I didn't have 
you're labeled in high school, and once yeah. you're labeled, you're dead, yeah. right? And you uh, get to go somewhere and be whatever, you know, you kind of like reinvent yourself. You can be or, whoever uh, you want to be, uh, and you'll be accepted for who you want. And, you know, I kissed a girl at camp. I, you know, I, I, those experiences that I wanted to have, I ended up having uh, at camp, uh, not really in my high school. Went to camp for six, seven years uh, uh, because I had those experiences, those great experiences, and built up. So what I was missing in high school, I got in a very short period of time during yeah. my during yeah. my summer times. Um, that classic, like, the girl didn't see Guppy, the girl saw Steve. Yeah, 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 yeah. you know, and and uh, I, the one thing I had was older girls that always, they didn't pick on me, but what they called me blue eyes because I had ex- and have extremely yeah, blue, hair, eyes. blue eyes. Yeah, dark hair, blue eyes, yeah. And um, so, and again, another reason why I can get picked on, right? Senior girls are like, blue eyes, you know, and they're not trying to pick on me. They just thought it was great. But you can imagine kids around me yeah. would see that as uh, well, something. They, what they feel is envy. Mm. They feel threatened. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, yeah, like a little uh, guppies getting the attention yeah. from the yeah. big girls. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, it, it, it certainly wasn't helping my masculinity, you know. Yeah. Blue eyes, you know, <laughs> that's... Right. You well, know. Frank Sinatra, for God's sake, <laughs> you should, should have jumped on that boat. Well, one of two <laughs> things need to happen, I figured. I need to either get big or get funny, and yeah. I certainly didn't get big. So, <laughs> I, you know, I talked to some people now on Facebook, and, and some were in classes where they didn't, weren't the kids that were picking on me, and they were like, you were so funny. And I thought, that's really interesting that they thought that, because I felt insecure the whole time, right? right. And then I get to college, and, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of... I'm out there, you know, I, yeah. I, I'm freedom, you know what I mean? And to be who I want and people accepting me and girls found me attractive and I was becoming popular and um, I was all over the place. And finally, an instructor, you know, is going to kick me out of my major, which he ultimately did temporarily. And he said, you know, you, you know you're in class. Can we swear on this? I, uh, oh, you fine. betcha. Oh, all right. <laughs> uh, he's like, he, he said, you know, you get your, you fucking get your arm around one girl and then around the other during the, during class and you're talking to one talking to the other. He's like, you know, you gotta you gotta figure something out for yourself. And uh, he says you gotta you gotta figure some outlet. And um, ultimately, that outlet, I was on the activities commission at University of Lowell, and that activity commission hires concerts. You know, it hires. Joan Jett, Hugh Lewis in the news, oh, you know, yeah, I, yeah. and also hired uh, comedians and those type of things. And I always, I thought, I want to, I want to go up before these comedians from from Boston, and I want to do a set. Oh, cool! And they're like, uh, all right, go ahead, you know. And so that was the start of my comedy career oh. was going up in before, you know, before these big name comedians. And I go up and tell Rodney Dangerfield jokes and drunk, no less. And uh, Anthony Clark, one of the big comedians, tells me afterwards. He goes, "You know," he says, "I just you want to do this? I just got to tell you, you shouldn't be drinking and you shouldn't be taking other people's jokes." <laughs> <laughs> Two little tips. Yeah. So a few years later, when I got actually kicked out of my major because I was kind of crazy or whatever, I I thought um, I need to get this outlet. I I was at a I was at a bar in Lowell. I went to University of Lowell. I was yep. at a bar in Lowell. And I said, what happened to the comedians? You used to have them every Wednesday night, I heard. He said, yeah, we couldn't afford it anymore. And So I said, well, I did comedy before. I'll tell you what, I'll do it for free. I'll do it for free for you. And the guy's like, absolutely. I said, I know a lot of people. 
So I invited a lot of people at the time. I was working for the athletic trainer of the Celtics, so um, I was I was a I was a, an aide for the athletic trainer of the Celtics, the outpatient clinic, and I had a lot of friends. So I invited and I packed the house. Now I I had never written any of my material. I I did Rodney Dangerfield jokes a few yeah. years ago, right? But I called my brother. Um, and uh, I said, hey, Andrew, I'm going to do comedy. Now, Andrew was very witty. He's four years old and very witty, very funny. And, uh, but his comment was, but Steve, you're, you're not funny. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> so he wrote my, a lot of my material for me. And I had material. We put it together. And I had this guy who did some imitations. And I said, hey, you want to go out before me? You can be my opener. And he went up and he bombed except for his actual, he did uh, these imitations, these uh, so he actually did okay with that, uh, and then I went up and I did my first comedy bit, and uh, I oh, remember your first uh, so your first original material, first original yeah, material, yeah, cool. yeah. And you want to hear what my opening joke was? I still remember it. <laughs> Isn't that funny? I still remember no, my opening. Joke. I came out with the Lowell Sun. It was open. Did I tell you this already? No, no. Uh, the Lowell Sun. It was open to the um, to the obituary, uh, not the obituary columns. Yeah, it was the obituary columns. And I said, anyone read the newspaper today? I said another major miracle happened. Everyone died in alphabetical order again. <laughs> and it was my first joke, and it got a laugh, right? That's, well, that's and, um, good. Yeah, that's yeah, good. yeah. Uh, my brother gave me that, probably. <laughs> and uh, I got the laugh, and I was like, that's what I needed. So everything everything I said, I was so nervous that the F word kept coming out. I mean, fuck, 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 fuck. All the, the way the through same it. Way. Oh, it was like, horrible. Oh, yeah. If I'm on the spot. With that said, there was 92 people there, and it was a great show. People yeah. were very encouraging. I did a 20-minute, 25-minute set oh, or something awesome. like which was huge, that's right, huge. for a new guy. Yeah, and uh, I had a great time. time. Yeah, the guy came up. He goes, "Hey, come back again next week. I'll give you fifty dollars and continue to give you free beers." And I'm like, "Shoo, <laughs> free beers and fifty dollars!" <laughs> so every that's Wednesday night, it was. So I'd get that's new great. people. I'd say I'd go up to these uh, these open mic nights. I'd say. Hey, you want to come up and do some material? Go up, do oh, material. So I get them. Yeah, yeah. I said, you can go up for 10, 15 minutes or 20 minutes yeah. instead of doing five I'll minutes in Boston. Beer. And uh, free beer. <laughs> free beer. It was all about the beer. And I would get, and then I would go on after them and I would do, uh, you know, 25, 30 minutes, 35 minutes, something yeah. like that. And I would get free beer and $50. So every Wednesday night I was doing that. And uh, I was dating this girl, and she actually uh, was somewhere else. And there was a, 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 a place that opened up, and they had a, a, a guitarist out there playing at this new restaurant, and he would take a break. And they thought, hey, it would be great to have a comedian go up during uh, yeah. the 20-minute break. So on Friday and Saturday nights, so here I was in college. Wednesday nights, I'm doing this for 50 bucks, which is a lot of money at the time. Yeah, it and it's for 20 minutes of work yeah. and free beer. And, uh, <laughs> and then Friday and Saturday nights, $80 a night per night Jeez. for the 20-minute bit and free beer and free, uh, free dinner free dinner for me and whoever I'm That's there with. It was my girlfriend at the time. So there I was. Never had done, com- done comedy before in my life, except for that one time that I did it on the, in front yeah. of the Activities Commission. And these people, these comedians are like, who is this guy? And where did he come from? And the scene, and here I am already. I've never done anything. I'm making $210 a yeah. week. My parents are like, what's, what's going on? <laughs> uh, and Andrews, you know, keeps writing stuff. And my brother, who's very intelligent. You're like, yeah, you're a ghostwriter. Yeah, yeah. Masters in education. Very, very funny. But he would have the, the jokes where I was like, Andrew, I don't, I don't know if I can tell these without getting embarrassed myself. It was funny how, like, the inner... 
I don't know. How do you, Governor? The, like, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was gone. Like, he yeah, was yeah. saying that. I'm like, oh, my gosh. You know, I don't, I don't know if I could say that, you know? Uh, but he always, he would call me all the time with a, a new thought. Uh, He's like, oh, Steve, you know, the uh, that new big book there, uh, Men Are From Mars, uh, you know that women that from book. Venus, yeah, yeah, he yeah. said, "Yeah, men are from Mars, women love my penis." You know that one. <laughs> so, yeah, great book. Women love it. They like it when you stick it under their butt. And I'm like, "Holy cow!" You know, I don't, I don't think I can say that up on stage, which I never used that one up on stage. But it was just this inner. He uh, had this inner working that he was sending. And I would have to take it and filter it and decide which things I can use and which things I can't uh, use. Um, you know, and I had it for a while. I really was. The anxiety in me would drive me, so I was very hyper up there. Well, they say that about comedians. Mm. Like, I I think that's a pretty popular, in what I've seen about, like, the sort of comedian lifestyle. Like, comedians in general are very, like, extremely anxiety-ridden, like, yeah, a a dark bunch. Howie Mandel-ish. I was very Howie Mandel-ish. I had a ton of energy. Um, And I would have panic attacks, because I I used to have 60 panic attacks a day. Ever since I was... I was going to say ever since I was born, but ever since I can remember. Yeah. And so people go, well, how could you do comedy yeah. and have, I would have a panic attack up there. But what I would do is I would run off the stage and play around with, as soon as I got off the stage and started playing with people out in the crowd, immediately the panic attack would go away. Huh. So I'm up there, I'd get a panic attack and it always happens in the first five minutes. So I would run off the stage and then I would go over to somebody, a couple, and there's a guy and a girl and I would take the guy's glasses and put them on my head and uh, and i'd look at the girl and go oh you're right she is good looking you know or, or you know or something like that and you know touch somebody's hair and go oh that's hard feel this you know whatever it was yeah. you know i it would be my that that oh and get a laugh and then i could go up and, and finish my set interesting. so like break it break it, would, it. it would like break, it would break snap it. you out of it it would that's interesting yeah 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 coping uh, coping coping yeah, coping yeah, mechanisms yeah. So that was really um, very boostering. Not, I'd still say I was humble because I was driven by anxiety, but I was successful in that I, I overcame how to overcome panic attacks yeah. in some, some fashion yeah. or how to deal with them. Yeah. And, Plus um, you were doing it, man. You were like doing something that was like kind of like this little passion. I was getting paid for yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. And you sort of you hustled for it and you... It was made like, it happen. People were like, how'd you do it? It's like studying for a test. I had this material. I would study it, and then I would just do it. Yeah. And each time I did it, I knew when to pause and when to turn this way. You know, yeah. as you did it more and more, it's yeah. like when you were doing, uh, you know, when you were doing the play back when, right? Yeah, Twelve yeah. Angry Tw- Men, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. And uh, interesting, but don't you feel like as it went on, you felt like you you could act, you could be the part absolutely, more absolutely. and more, right? Yeah, your comfort level grows. And, it does. Yeah. And so that, that, that information that I had was, was just like studying for any test. And so, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. But then that's I lost a life my edge. thing that you took with you. It is. That I is our coping mechanism that yep. is with you to today. Yep. Right? It's true. Yeah. It is. I use it all the time. When yeah. I graduated, I started working for York hospital I met my wife. But back up just a little bit. Yeah. Before that, because you got kicked out of your major. Twice. Then what happened? Well, I got kicked out of... As I, as I, correct me if I'm wrong, you, you finished pretty... Pretty high. Pretty strong. Yeah, so... And I, how come? Well, first I, I got kicked out my freshman year because I was so wild and, you know, I was... I, 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 my anxiety was so high, I actually got kicked out of my dorms and uh, because I, I, I lost it. You know, I just this immaturity. Yeah. Uh, I got kicked out of my major. And what was the question? Why did I get kicked out? Uh, no. Okay. More like uh, um, 
uh, how did you, because like, you, you graduated pretty hot. Yeah. So, like, so, so why? Why did you get back in and, and how did you, and how did you, like, sort of, like, how was, and why did you get your shit together? I got kicked out. I was in a bachelor's. I was the bachelor's program trying to get my bachelor's in, in uh, physical therapy. And when they kicked me out, I missed the grade by six tenths of a point in one class. You couldn't get a C in one class. Mm. Uh, actually, you could get two C's throughout your four years. Mm. And I got a CD by six tenths of a point. I didn't get a C. It was called a CD. Mm. And that six tenths of a point, they wouldn't let me move on. Wow. She wouldn't let me. She looked at me. She said, I just can't do it. You're not ready. And uh, it broke my heart. Oh, yeah. um, so I had to leave physical therapy program and go and drop in back into the exercise physiology uh, degree. And um, I still, I was like, what do I got? I get, I'm an exercise physiologist. What's that going to do for me? I'm in class. I'm still at University of Lowell. And uh, the director of physical therapy comes up to me and says, hey, we're going we're gonna to let you... Um, go forth and try to get into the master's program why, here. Why do you suppose he did that? Uh, what they found was that our cum was lower because we were taking incredibly difficult classes when we were in, in physical therapy, right? Mm. So other people had these very high cumes, but they weren't taking neurophysiology like mm. I had taken, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So he said, we're going to let you go through. And uh, I, I said, don't fuck with me is exactly what I said to him. <laughs> and uh, he looked at me. <laughs> And then started, he did exactly what you did. He started laughing. I was done, right? I was like, I was out of the major anyways. It was a year later. Yeah. And he saw me and he said, hey, you know, you guys are going to, I know you're going for it. I said, yeah, but I know I can't get in. My cum's not, not I don't have a 3.9 cum. And uh, he said, no, we're going to take the six of you. He said, we're, that had failed and, you know, you're the only few left. We're going to interview. And I said, please don't fuck with me. And he said, laughed like you did and then I ended up having an interview to get into the master's program so I got bachelor's in exercise physiology master's physical therapy and to get in you had to interview and I had to interview with the woman who kicked me out by six tenths of a point <laughs> yeah and she's a guru I mean she's actually she wrote books etc yeah, she was yeah, a big guru yeah. and uh, I sat down with her and we had the best conversation um, in fact she, and she looked at me and she said you're ready yeah. and um, because you have the X factor what is it the X factor is is the thing that people can't teach. You yeah. can't teach it. Yeah. You can't. That's just what we were talking about. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you have what it takes, but you, but it's not something you learn. It's something you're born with. Yeah. And not everyone has it. You know, and I maybe and maybe I even and, and I had that, and you you know I couldn't utilize it before because of not just my anxiety because my anxiety still yeah. can drive me today. But it was not the anxiety, but it was the uh, maturity. I was immature. Yeah. And so she saw I had the maturity. Yeah. So I went on, obviously, to graduate with a 3.89 or something like that uh, with a master's. And then went into physical therapy, started treating, always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, so opened up practice, and then went back and got my doctor of physical therapy. Always missed the stage, so went back and got training, and now comedy stage hypnosis. So it's always the anxiety's always driven me, but now it's time to give back and also to try to spread myself don't put all my eggs in one basket and just doing healthcare field you know i love i found out i love business i love entrepreneurship i love yeah. small business yeah. uh, i love to see things work and get better and grow and that's where you know i, I tucker you know yeah. i started uh with 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 tucker maths and i said hey look, i see something in you and I don't want you, just because you didn't go to college doesn't mean that you're nothing or that you're going to be selling shoes for the rest of your life. Here's this passion that I see with you. No kid posts on Facebook that, hey, I just did the interior of my car in, comics, in comic uh, fabric. I said, that's just not normal. <laughs> I said, there's something to that. Yeah. I said, 
So what I want you to do is I want you to look and see what it's like to repair, you know, plastic, vinyl, leather, cloth inside, a, inside the place. And tell me if that's interesting to you. And a couple days later, he called back. He said, that's very interesting to me. There's all this new stuff out there. I don't have to reupholster and pull a car seat out. I can just repair it right on the job, right, with some polymer and some... And I said, isn't it cool? Yeah. And he said, it is cool. And two weeks later, within those two weeks when he said, I'm in, in two weeks, we created a business. We went and sent him for training out in California. Um, and he came, his whole world just changed literally in two weeks. Yeah. I, I, you know, me, I, I, I'm going to do it. I, I'll have a, a business name. We have a business telephone. We have a location. We have a training that you're going to get. We have the plane. And this kid has a future. And he's got a future. You know, he, he was just talking, as you know, on the phone before he came in here, you know. And he's, he's going to bill out probably six, six or $7,000 this month. Yeah. That's, a, that's a lot of money. You know, that's a lot of money. You know, that's not all profit, but that's our way we build out. Yeah. Very high profit margin, and we're saving, we're saving things from being thrown in the dumpster or in a or Which in a cool. or in a pile somewhere. Yeah. He's able to fix a, a, a seat without having to pull it out and throw it out, and that's really saving a lot on landfill and those type of things. So I feel good about that. Yeah, right yeah, on. it's pretty cool. Yeah. So. Right um, back up a little bit to. Um, your just your 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 practice. I want to hear. I want to hear a little bit about your practice journey, because you 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 obviously started with one. I did, and then you went to. You're at six now. Yeah, yeah. Isn't yeah. that crazy? Yeah, it's crazy it to crazy. think. You're probably over fifty. I think it's. I think I'm over fifty employees yeah. between. Well, between Mass and Mobile and everything, yeah. but maybe a little. So, like, what, like roughly, what kind of time frame is that? Well, in November 2004, I opened up my first practice, okay? Yeah. November 2004, yeah. so almost 2005. Yeah. And that was one. All the way up until 2009, I had a student. Um, I had two students, but this one student, cocky, cocky son of a bitch. <laughs> and he, cocky son of a bitch, honestly. And uh, I looked at him, and I saw right through him. Honest, I, 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 he... I had two students at the time, and one was really, really good. I mean, he's excellent. Yeah. And the other guy was good, but he was cocky. And um, as I figured out, I, I, I just I figured out it's insecurity. It's, it's not real. Mm. It's That's not real. real. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, I, said, I said, hey, how would you like to do something together? How would you like to open up a, a practice and he was about to move to try to get a job in like South Carolina, North Carolina, and um, he was about to, you know, he was going to graduate. And uh, he went and he talked to his girlfriend, who's now his wife. And uh, he came back. He said, I'd, "I'd like to take you up on the deal if, if you're still willing." I said, "I'm willing." And the deal was, "I'm willing to open up a business with you, but you're putting up the sweat equity. I'll put up the money, but you're going to work your tail off, and you're going to own." a good portion of the business and I'm going to own a good portion of the business and we'll give you a salary on top of that. I'm not going to get a salary because I won't be there every day. You'll get a salary and you'll own a good portion of this business. And it was an opportunity of a lifetime, right, for, for him. And this kid, and I can say his name, Steve Gordon, uh, there was a point where he was living in his, um, in his car with his dad. Jesus. Yeah, he was living out of his car. Uh, so... This kid came, lit, you know, came from nothing. I said, geez, I had it tough when I was a kid. We always had food. 
We all, and I never saw it any different. I, I felt actually pretty spoiled. I think when my brothers, maybe they were a little bit older, maybe they felt it a little bit more, that maybe a little crunch, but they didn't feel it bad. You know what I mean? Nobody would have ever... I think we we're middle class, probably. This obviously was an issue, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, so as soon as I told him that, and as soon as I told him I believed in him, you started seeing the cockiness shed like like a snakeskin, honestly. And he's been like that his whole life. Every year that I know him just continues to become more and more humble and more and more mature. And uh, he did such a good job in 2009 with that one place that when I went to open up another place, I said, I want you to be a part of it. And he said, a second place? I said, absolutely, a second place. So we opened up a second place with him and a third place with him. So since 2009... Three of those places are with him. Two are with I. Then the place that I was working, that I owned a place in, uh, my first physical therapy I, uh, practice, which is in Concord. It was in an occupational health center, and um, since then I've actually bought out that occupational health center, and so I own that. And with the person who owned that occupational health center, he's he's a he's a shareholder in my in that practice. He and I opened up one up north in Tilton. So we have an occupational health center and physical therapy center up there. Yeah. So he's my business partner in two practices. Cool. My friend Steve is in three practices. And one of the guys who worked for me is in Farmington. He's a, he's a, uh, he, he's a uh, partner of mine in the Farmington one. These are all opportunities for you know growth for everybody, yeah. which, is, which is great, right? Oh, it's amazing. So I was big into the, hey, you put up the sweat equity, I'll put up the money. And then we'll pay off the loan back to me. No interest, nothing like that. But, yeah, you know, whatever yeah, yeah. money we put out, let's get it back to me. And then from there, we, we move forward. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So that's how it works. It's really believing in people, believing that they have a good heart, hire the heart, you know, go in business with the right heart yeah. and know that they're going to do the right things. And when they do, you know, people, so many people have problems with their business partners. I very rarely, I've never... Steve Gordon, I said, I said, Steve Gordon's never said no to me. Three places. Anything I've ever asked for or, or done, which I don't ask for a lot, but he's never said no. He said that he has said no once. I said, for what? And he couldn't remember. Because I think <laughs> I did once. Never said no. I'm pretty sure I said no. Yeah. And you know, if I walk in and he's treating a patient, I walk into a clinic and he's treating a patient, he introduces that patient to me. He goes, this is the guy who took, who, who took his chance on me. Oh, right on. And it, it, it gives me goosebumps. Yeah. It tears oh, yeah. me up. And I, and I know you have a, a big handful of people saying that. Well, it's, it's crazy. Uh, that fills me up. Absolutely. That fills me up. Um, let me shift gears a little bit. And let's talk about... Um, let's talk about... Because you're a dad of two. Mm. You're, you're a husband. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm curious on your take... Um, just because of like a little bit of what I know about you and your life and um, but in general like humanity in general um, what is it like to to be a dad to be a husband and um, um, get these businesses where they are and get these other people where they are and when do you um, has there been a point in your life where um, I don't know, do you have things like, do you feel like that you've uh, sacrificed things? Yeah. Do you feel like that you do? You, 
you know, yeah. I mean, is it is it like regrets? Is it not yeah. regrets? Is yeah. it because yeah. I could I I could because I don't have the same experience you have. Yeah. I haven't done the same things you've had. Yeah. you've done like you know what I mean. I haven't yeah. put in the same kind of uh, uh, work towards success that you have, and so I I can speak um, intuitively, and I can say you know what, it takes a lot of friggin' work. It takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of sacrifices, but yeah. Well, yeah. so I guess we'll never really know, um, but huh, it's kind of emotional, honestly, for me. If yeah, I, I'm if sure I, it is because I because I because that's one of the things about you is like right. you're you're, you're like you're, you know you're the one of the most giving people I know, right. but you're also like an incredibly devoted husband and dad. And well, I wasn't as devoted of a dad as maybe yeah. I could have been. You know, yeah. I I. I I worked seven in the morning to seven at night, Monday through Friday, when I got at that practice started, and um, no break, no lunch, yeah. unless somebody didn't show up. And that's seven in the morning to seven at night. When that last patient left, I still needed to do some chart notes and stuff yeah. like that. And then I was so exhausted in the weekends, and so I may have been present, but I wasn't always present. And um, you know, my kids, I, I, and maybe Peter more than Ariana. Peter's older, and. Um, I don't know if things would have been a little bit different. You know, we've had our challenges, certainly, with Peter and with Ariana. Ariana's yeah. got the anxiety stuff. And how, how old are they now? Peter's 18, and he just went off to college for his first uh, yeah. stint. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's unbelievable yeah. uh, that uh, he got in, and, I, and I'm, I'm hopeful that uh, things are going to go well. Um, but uh, me not being there, I, we had Cindy, right, because she did not work, uh, but... There's something about a father maybe being there or not being there that might impact their future. And um, I have regrets that I couldn't. And I tried. I even went to counseling and stuff. It was like, hey, try to be present when you're there. When you get home, spend 20 minutes with your kid. And then after the 20 minutes, then you, it's not how long you spend. It's the quantity. It's mm -hmm. the quality of time. And it was all good advice. But I was so anxious. I was so about mm. making sure that I, there was food on the table and that I was going to provide and that this, this clinic was going to do well. So I'm thinking about my patient and, boy, I hope that that patient did well and I didn't hurt them. And, you know, I, you know that was a big piece, right? The sensitive part of me. Geez, I, you know, I did something edgy with that patient. I was always willing to be edgy when no other physical therapist would be willing to try something. I would be willing to try it and do it mm. if, I, if I thought that it was going to actually be helpful. Uh, but the toll that it took on me was the worry afterwards. Okay, yeah, yeah. I do spinal manipulation. I stick needles into people's muscles. I'll stick needles into muscles into places that hit near lung fields and things like that. And when the success happens, I'm like, it was so worth it. But that you have to put yourself in a position where you're going to be concerned about. Did I do the, you know, yeah. did it help them? Is it going to make them worse? You know, I mean, you have all those conversations with the person, but still, you never want to feel like you hurt somebody, right? That's, that's the sense yeah. inside of me. And so even when I'm home, if I'm thinking about those things, I'm not thinking about enjoying the moment and enjoying the times that I signed. I honestly, it's very blurry to me, to be honest. Um, the, their past, my past is very blurry. And mm -hmm. I don't know if that's just who I am or if that's just my body's way of trying to forget and then, you know, anger, I was very irritable. Um, still, irritability can still, I feel like I'm a lot better, but irritability was very rampant throughout my life. And I, I that, throughout having your, kids didn't help it. Throughout the, your throughout, parental life? Throughout my life, but certainly, through, certainly it did not help uh, yeah. in, in marriage and, and kids and yeah. things like that. Um, and Cindy is a stable, she's steady Eddie, stable, yeah. stable, stable person. And thank God. 
yeah. uh, she truly was that that stability and is that stability in my life. And behind every good man is a good woman, and uh, she's that good woman, you know, who was that stability. And I do remember her one time going, I just hope that later on in life, you don't regret this, these decisions and your, I don't remember what was going on, but you know, I can't be there and I can't do this. And some of that was very true. I had patient care. I couldn't be there. Uh, And she said, and I don't mean that in a mean way when I say it. She said, I just really hope that later on you don't regret it. So would things have been different? Would my relationship with Peter have been better instead of as turbulent as it was and, you know, turn towards some, some smoking and some things, you know, would he have not done that? Or maybe if he had done that, maybe would our relationship have been less turbulent? You know, you, you, you come from a certain experience. I had a very father who was anxious and irritable and strong, <laughs> strong and distracted. Right. The, 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 the apple didn't fall far from that tree. Mm. Um, recognizing it was very helpful. And now I would say I'm not that. And a lot of that was we sent Peter down to a program in Florida. We, we, got, very des- we you know, got very scared. And uh, what we learned was really not crime punishment with Peter and with Ariana. And not to you know, punish him because he did something wrong. But to love him through everything and to only ha- and have natural consequences for what he does. So instead of, uh, you know, hey, because you got a bad grade, you can't go, you can't go out. Well, that what's that? What's him not going out yeah. on a weekend because he got a bad yeah. grade, right? Now it's got to be, or hey, you didn't get up for school in time. If you're not getting up for school, therefore you can't go out this weekend. Now that was not working for <laughs> that wasn't working for him or for my daughter. Yeah. That's crime punishment. So when we when we learned what we learned when he went to Florida for a couple months, um, first of all we thought it was a reset, maybe get him away from some of the people he's hanging out with and that stuff. What we really learned was, um, uh, we we learned when he was down there. It was all about us being on the phone with the people that ran the program. Yeah. It was like, hey, if he's not getting up for school, you punishing him is not making him feel loved. And yet when people feel loved, that's when you get the best out of them. And you know what? Historically, I knew that from the work that I was doing in my job and with the yeah. partners that I was getting and all that stuff, right? When I make them feel loved, the cockiness goes away. The You know what I mean? The higher the heart. So who yeah. am I then to do the something work, different with my children? Like, yeah. yeah. But I couldn't, I didn't, you know, it, because I'm a father and the father, this is what a father figure is. Look at my dad. And, you know, in, 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 in support of my dad, three sons and all of them very, very successful. So I can't say that everything he did or what he did was wrong. Okay. I can't say that. Um, I don't know the price that it took. And I know that he has a little bit of turbulent or had a turbulent, uh, you know, issue with his oldest son my my brother but all in all we were all good kids we were all smart you know we all did well so you know i don't judge but um i do know that what i learned from peter was if he's not getting up for school instead of sitting there and clubbing him overhead you say hey we love you we're it's not our job to get you up for school we're not going to be we're not gonna, we're not going to be punishing you for it if you don't get up you don't get up the punishment will be from the school when you don't graduate with your friends and, you know, that was the change, right? So instead of Cindy having to drag him out of bed every morning and that fight and him not feeling loved by us because we're dragging him out of bed, he wasn't feeling loved. He felt like it was this battle, like we became the CEO of his life. And we said, you're CEO of your own life. Yeah, you get out of bed when you want to get out of bed. 
And if you don't get out of bed and you don't go to school, well, it's a shame. But we thought, geez, if he doesn't go, then the truant officer, and we're going to look like bad parents. And when we look like bad so we're very concerned about us, even though we thought we were concerned about him. We were concerned about him. But when we started saying, it's on you, when he realized, boy, I could really end up not graduating and going to college and graduating with the people that I have been going to school for with, you saw a change. When we stopped doing those things, initially, you see he didn't get up and he had to ride his bike to school because he got up late and I need a ride, I need a ride. I'm sorry, I can't do that for you. Can't give you a ride. Here's the bike, go ahead. Now, when he took off on his bike, I was in the car and I was way behind (laughs) making sure that nothing happened to him. Uh, You know, I was very concerned and I hated it and it, it ate Cindy up, honestly. Uh, but we started to parent differently. Yeah. So it's interesting. It kind of um, it sort of frees you up to have a relationship. It's now. what it did exactly, yeah. Chris. It freed it up, and you know that's what it is. Now I build a relationship, and if I want to talk to yeah. Peter, his heart needs to be open. Yeah. Well, his heart's not open when I'm yelling at him. His heart's open yeah. when I go and I bring him out to eat at at uh, you know whatever restaurant while he's eating and we're talking, and then we can then I can bring up something yeah. and say, hey, what do you think about this? Yeah. Not beat him over the head about it. His, his heart's open when we're eating, and his heart's open when it's later at night. I learned all these things, or you know. Yeah. And Ariana, it's different. She and I spend a lot of time together because I do comedy stage hypnosis, and she does my music and sound effects. And so we spend a lot of time. We can spend time in the car together. Um, she likes to sing, so that's being up in, on, in front on a stage in front of people. And I know the anxiety that can be associated with that and she knows the 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 anxiety and she has a lot of the same anxieties i do uh so we have this common bond so i've been able to i think be better for ariana especially earlier i think when she was young young i wasn't but as she's gotten older i've been able to hopefully catch it catch her a little bit earlier and be able to form our relationship and i think our relationship's better i wonder if peter's would have been better so there's regret i guess that's the long way for me to say there's regret yeah 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 and and uh, my observation too, and my and uh, slash my opinion, yeah, is it's like just just never too late, you know. Right. It's never too late to have a relationship. It's, it's never too late to to uh, to admit regrets. It's never too late to kind of revisit relationships. And it's true. No, you know, I agree. You know, I agree. It's a, you can't you can't beat yourself up over over choices you made, actions you did, you know, you can, you can, you can go around in those circles forever. You know, just to show you the resilience of a kid, right? I said to Peter, we're sitting around. I think we're, oh, we were, we went to visit the college, uh, University of Hartford. And we were, after we were visiting, we were coming back and Cindy and I, and Peter was, uh, we were sitting in a restaurant. We stopped halfway and I said something like, you know, I did this, this, and this, and I yelled at you. Oh, I, when you'd go to bed at night, I want you to shut your eyes and you keep opening your eyes to see if I was there because I couldn't shut the lights off. You'd want the lights on. And I said, well, you want the lights on, then you need to close your eyes and keep them closed because I want you to go to sleep because I don't want to sit here forever. And he'd open up his eyes to make sure I was there. And of course, insecurity, that's why I did it. But I would yell, close your eyes and I can't help it. And then he would open his eyes and I would shut off all the lights and shut his door. And that would traumatize him even more. And I said, Peter, geez, I'm really sorry. And, he, and I said, I'm really sorry I did that. And he looked at me. I was learning. And he looked at me and he, and he said, yeah, dad, don't really remember. Right. You know, you know like, you're, like I'm confessing this Never big mind. thing to him. And he's like, yeah, not, not, a, not a big thing for me. So at the time, maybe yeah. it was a kid being a kid and maybe a, a yeah. parent being... 
but you're like, but then I was you tired. never know too. You yeah. never know. He says I don't really remember, but or and or did it form him? Uh, I'm sure it formed him, but I bet you he really doesn't remember. Uh, yeah, yeah, he he <laughs> I, he legitimately looked at me and went, "Dad, yeah, I, don't I know what yeah, you're talking no, about." No, not I, either. He he goes that or he goes, I, "You yeah, it was it was a kid being a kid. We're pretty resilient." That's so funny. sure, I'm sure it formed him. Right for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction and a learning curve and those things. So yeah, I'm I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not yeah. uh, ignorant to that fact. Yeah, and that's with a regret. Yeah. Well, my observation is that you got two good kids. Thank you. And uh, they're both cool. I don't know uh, Peter as well as I know Ariana, but um, they seem like good kids, and you guys seem like great parents. And you seem like you have a good relationship with them, and you know, yeah, it's Peter. There's definitely an openness and an honesty, and it, and it seems much. like it seems like there's some really open communication going very on, much. which is huge. Huge, maybe too open. Ah, <laughs> maybe yeah, too open. Yeah, but it's huge, you know, and, and yeah. it's and it's, a, it's it's particularly huge coming from where I think you feel like it was. Yeah, thank you. you. Know? And so it's it is. Awesome. It's awesome. It is. And you know? so and everyone's going to be curve. fucking everyone's going to be awesome. Yeah. Everyone's going to be great. Hope so. You guys are going to be great so. adults. They they are going to be great adults with you. And, and um so two other things I can think of. One is um uh Two other topics I had. And you're you're free to you're free to uh, uh, jump um, in. Jump in, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. And, uh, am I am, am I am I am I am I being a quiet uh, guest who is not <laughs> yeah, saying no, I enough? Didn't mean, I didn't mean like jump in as much yeah. as uh, you're free to uh, give it whatever you. Are you want. having Are you having to pull the Are you having to pull this uh, pull this interview like? <laughs> yeah, not like saying, gain control. You, you're like, oh yeah. man, I'm just having to like pulling teeth trying to get him to talk. Are you <laughs> yeah, feeling yeah. that way at <laughs> yeah, all? Because yeah. yeah, I feel on. like I'm doing a lot of talking right now. <laughs> yeah. No. One is. Um, we we share a from what I, you and I haven't really talked about this. Oh boy! But we share a bond. Oh boy! And we share a bond where we both have lost siblings. Yes. Well before their That's time. That's interesting. We haven't. And uh, I believe I don't I don't really know the yeah. circumstances of it, yours, but I understand they're a little different. Yes. And, uh, Very different. Yeah. yeah yours yeah. didn't have a lot of uh, preparation before it, right? Yeah. And mine yeah. did. Uh, yeah, but you have you know, like how, how many siblings? So I have uh, had two older brothers. Yeah. My oldest brother, Peter, we call him Brad because my father's name was Peter. Yeah. Of course, my son's right, name right, is Peter. Right. Um, and then Andrew was the middle, the middle um, peacemaker. Yeah, yeah. It was but no, no females, no sisters, all no. brothers. Okay. Yeah. And Andrew uh, was diagnosed. He was 34 or 35, yeah. 35 with um, multiple myeloma, which is a type of cancer, very rare. Yeah. And he was, um, it's funny, he didn't, he didn't smoke. He was not uh, an alcoholic. Of course. He, you know, of course. Of course he didn't do anything. It's he was a master's, uh, master's degree in business and uh, electrical engineer. Went yeah. to ULOL. I followed him. He, wa- uh, he wanted to be an electrical engineer. I thought I wanted to be an electrical engineer, which my father said, no. But uh, he went to University of Lowell. I went to University of Lowell. He became, uh, he was on the activities commission after he was gone. I, when I went to school, I was on the activities uh, commission. And was he the one writing the comedy? He was the one writing okay, the comedy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he was my, he was, he, he acted like my father in a lot of ways, like my, and like a tremendous big brother in a lot of ways. Wow. He would send me $100 in a card when I was at school saying, hey, hang in there, buddy. This is for a six pack of beer. You know, I mean, what, what brother? Yeah. I, I, what brother yeah, yeah, yeah. does that, right? Yeah. Come and take me out. How many years older? He was four years older, yeah. four and a half years older. He was out by the time I was going into college. He was out of college. He was out of college. 
and he was he was great. But uh, multiple myeloma was a was a very very very. Um, it took him out in about fourteen months, and he had the best. He he honestly he, he died of he at thirty seven. He had a he had a a um, penthouse in Boston. Like he was very successful. He went to school. He paid for his own schooling. He came out of school out of with no debt. Uh, he did this all himself. Uh, he got a great job for himself. After he got a great job, he did very well, and, and, and he had always saved. He saved his money from when he was a little kid. He would have a newspaper route. I mean, I was I was the spendthrifty one. He was like, saved everything. And um, he ended up getting a, a penthouse in Back Bay, Boston, and um, he was about to get married. He was he'd just been engaged, and it was the next weekend he started not feeling well. They still got married, and... Um, even after they got married, I can't remember how many months they made it, and he, and, and he passed. The bless, blessing, the Andrew needed nothing in life, financially or, or otherwise, um, and he had the best doctors, um, didn't mean anything. Uh, one of the things that happened, he was supposed to get, when he was going to get married, he had to walk down the aisle. Well, he ended up getting a tumor that affected onto his spine, and it took his legs out about a month or two before he was supposed to walk down the aisle. And I had the distinct pleasure and honor of um, being able to work on my brother and with my brother so that he could walk down um, with a cane, walk down the... Uh, walk, walk down and be there for and standing with his wife, uh, which was pretty incredible, something that I was able to do that no money could ever buy and a bond, something that's just special that I was able to give back to him. Um, it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty intense. Yeah. Um, nice. That's crazy. Yeah. Are you still are you still in touch with his his former wife? Yeah, you know, she had some she, you know, she she had some difficulty with he had he had gone to uh, uh, he had gone to a sperm bank, believe it or not, as after he was diagnosed, um, and um, <laughs> my mother was with him, and the guy basically said, "Hey, we're gonna start we're gonna start chemotherapy and radiation and all that stuff. So if you want if you're planning on having now kids, never, yeah. now or, yeah, you want to go take your sperm, put it into the sperm bank, and so he goes over to the sperm bank." With my mother, my brother tells this story. And he's a comedian, right? I'm telling you, he wrote all my... So no man ever tells a story like Andrew did. So at every Thanksgiving, every Christmas, Andrew was the highlight. And he would come home from college and give great stories. And his stories were engaging, funny, and appropriate, and included everybody. And not one person sat there. Um, And uh, he he goes over to the sperm bank and... uh, he tells the story that my mother's like, Andrew, would you like me to hold your coat for you? Uh, yeah, thanks, Mom. <laughs> thanks. Here's my coat. <laughs> Goes in this room. That, you know, every, everything okay in there? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's good, Mom. <laughs> you know, it's got this Take magazine. It a longer than it should, Mom. <laughs> <She's concerned. laughs> so he gives this great yeah, story about awesome. it. Um, I don't know where, I don't, I don't know what we're talking about that made me go down that road. Uh <laughs> <laughs> But uh, just Andrew, just, yeah, just Andrew. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, he, that's hysterical. Oh, he was great. He was great. Um, but uh, oh, yeah. So they never, 
obviously they got oh, yeah, jilted of ever having children. Yeah, and yeah. because they got jilted of never having children, and here I was with not only just uh, one and then a second one coming, I think it was something that she thought, something I never had, I never yeah. got with Goppel family. She's hence got involved with somebody else, got, has gotten married, yeah. has twins. So friends on Facebook, my mother and father have, and mostly my mother has gone and visited her. Oh, my oldest brother is actually very close with oh, her good. and and my oldest brother and his and his wife and so when they come around they'll come and spend the night with her and her husband and um that's and, awesome and so, so they're very very close yeah, that's awesome because that, that was because that was like huge of her to do that oh that was yeah. huge i mean that's a monumental effort she loved him she and yeah. and you know i don't think either of them thought it was going to happen so quickly yeah. I, I don't i think actually yeah. i think that he thought that he was going to potentially beat this yeah. for years yeah. so i think she had every intention anyways yeah. but even if she didn't still, would she have done it i think she would have yeah. yeah yeah i think she yeah. would have yeah it's crazy yeah cancer you, is it's it's still such like a even if you have beaten it, like i have some friends uh, that used to work out at my gym and and um ryan and sharon howie and um, and Sharon had like brain cancer, mm. and then they got married, you know. And it's and it's it's just it's a, it's such an amazing, but and then you're like, I can't help but um, I don't know if empathize is the word, but just be like, man, what a fuck, like what a just what a bird, like we all sort of deal with it. Yeah, like true. you know, like even I, like I'll get a headache and be like, oh shit, I, I might have brain cancer, yeah. or like I get a sore throat, like oh, what if I throw cancer? Like I have cancer every day of my life. Had, Chris. Yeah, you know what I, I mean. Do. Exactly. <laughs> That's part of my anxiety. Exactly. And so, losing my brother made that even worse. Yeah. So then, and then to like be in love with someone and then marry that person, knowing full well, well that, that you are entering a lifetime of like a lifetime of burden sure you know a certain yeah. amount of burden and, and that you're just choosing that the, the love is offsetting the burden That's very true. Yeah, which is great which is amazing amazing now, now you were telling me speaking of that we've both lost a sibling you were telling me that this was a kind of a symbolic thursday for you this last thursday yeah, right yeah, 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 so yeah, yeah. tell me a little bit because I, I only caught a piece of this what yeah, what so, that's about. um my so my sister was murdered and so um she was murdered in massachusetts and so my mother um she she's an ex, like very humble humble person but she is like the most badass fucking person you've ever met in your life and like she is like the strength is ridiculous and the um the ability uh almost dwarfs the strength you know and so she was in a in a small group of people that started this uh garden of peace and so imagine you know just the legit i'm only talking now about the logistics of yeah. like you want to start this garden of peace and you want to do it in downtown boston so like hey downtown boston the... give me a piece of real estate where i can put stones down where i can where i can um um, assemble like a like create this garden of peace, and I'm gonna have an artist come. This Judy McKee uh, um, uh, designed this incredible uh, two uh, two ascending ibises um, wow. statue at the end. What it is? It's a dry riverbed, and at the beginning of the riverbed is this black stone, this black dome, uh, sort of a marble stone, and it's like it just basically represents darkness. Mm. And mm. and along this meandering path are all these stones, these like smooth river stones that have names of of uh, 
victims of homicide in Massachusetts. So like their name, their birth date, and their, their date of death. And, uh, carved or like literally, yeah, like etched in really deep, actually, like really like carved in. And who does that? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Interesting. Um, so, but there, and then so there's these this like dry riverbed meanders along, and it ends at these ascending ibises, these beautiful wow. like brass, uh, <laughs> copper probably because they're sort of green, these uh, sculptures. And so, you know, it's like dealing, you know, so she she started this thing. She started this Garden of Peace, and it's like in it's it's right below the um, the uh, the State House in downtown on Beacon Hill. Wow! And it's incredible. It's incredible. That is it's incredible. unbelievable, and it, you know, raised just tons and tons of money, and and uh, had this thing happen. So it's been twelve. Last night was the twelfth anniversary, the twelfth year that it happened. Thirty-nine names were read. So every year they read names of uh, more people that are inducted, yeah. if you will, yeah. into this like uh, elite club. Yeah. And, uh, and their names are etched on. So they're kind of like running out of stones and now they're etching them on these walls. And, and, um, and so last night it's, you know, they have last night actually happened to be a really probably the it was my mother and I were talking about it, it was really it was it was the nicest, the, the best the the best run and uh, performance is a weird word yeah, for yeah, it, but yeah, it was like yeah. it was the best performance service of service. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was like it was the best service. They had three readers, three oh, sorry, not readers, speakers, hmm. and one speaker was this you know this uh, sort of classic Boston cop detective, hmm. uh, been in the business forever, and like just had these amazing like heart wrenching stories and this really super heartfelt incredibly genuine authentic stories and and uh and message and uh, another one was by this woman who um uh, had lost her son to murder and she was uh and now has started kind of a blog um that helps people grieve and helps people sort of um Vent. not feel alone yeah you know and uh and she wrote and read this it was incredible it was incredible and, and i'm and of course like her son is 20 was lost at 21 and i'm sitting next to my 20 year old son not a dry eye i'm it's, sure oh my god it's incredible it's unbelievable and she like she did such a good job and she like her reading and the words it was it was really special yeah and then this other this third guy who was a um he's like a first responder and first responder can be anything from the the um the marathon bombing yeah. So literally first responders yeah. to physical things, but also first responders to emotional things. Yeah. And so a family has lost a, vi a, a loved one to murder. And the first responder is the first sort of victim advocate for them that shows up and says, yeah, I got you. You oh, know, like geez. I got you and I'm going to help you as best like, I can. I know I can't help you, yeah. but I'm going to help you. Yeah. And I'm here for you. Yes. Yeah. It was intense. It was a really good. It was good. Yeah. And you had that person for your sister, I assume, that first responder. Do you know who that was? We had a couple of them. Um, uh, Lucy is a name that comes to mind. Lucy was our first victim advocate. And yeah, she was amazing. She's like one of the most special humans. Like those people are just like angels. Yeah. Because the emotions are so high, they're, right? Yeah. yeah they just have this amazing ability to be to be incredibly um, like raw and emotional and sympathetic and empathetic while they're getting business done. 
you know, imagine that's your job, yeah. you know, like now I got to just, I have to get shit done. Yeah. I have to lead you through the fucking court system. Yeah. Like the most cold. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? The most cold business around this horrible thing. And this person has this amazing ability to like help you emotionally. I, did they find the person? I, I, don't, I don't. Oh, in my, so yeah, they, yeah. 20 they, years later. They found him 20 years yeah, later. He was already in jail for a murder. And he had just admitted it to somebody type thing? And that's uh, like he him. was actually a, you know, just absolute psychotic whack job, like like serial killer who was the most random thing in the world. And he, he it was around the, um, I want to say, what, what, what was that year where they thought the end of the world was coming? 2012? Uh. I think it was 2012, and they and so this this he was one of those believers that thought the end of the world was coming. So he was trying to he was trying to clear his conscience with God By, and admit his sins, uh, so he would be welcomed into heaven when the end of the world came. I, if if I'm not mistaken, that might have been 2012, and I believe that the minister was Harold Camp. Yeah. Uh, how's that for pulling yeah. one out? And he said said that there was an end of the end of there was a day of reckoning coming yeah. and that day came and went and yeah. then he said I had it wrong and he picked another day yeah yeah, yeah of course <laughs> so but that that, that that like random crazy sort of like is what brought like him to is what brought us peace eh, no. yeah I guess like the, right. the word is closure. not the, the, the word is not closure the no. word is not peace the word is just one less thing mm. to have to deal with because because imagine yeah. you're dealing with an unsolved murder of your, of your child yeah. or your sibling for 20 years. Were you ever suspicious of this person or was anyone ever suspicious that it was him to begin with? Uh, the, the detectives had 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 uh, looked at him and a, you know one of them was pretty sure for a few years. Um, and before that it was a uh, they were the detectives were keeping an eye on a uh, former like uh, lover. Yeah. For years and years, and one of them really thought it was him. So imagine, like. Yeah. So you were close with your sister. Oh yeah. Uh, very close family. Yeah. Very close family. Crazy, crazy. Yeah. So I guess uh, you know you. That's no, It's not the club you want to be sharing. Yeah. Exactly. Well, you that know. was that, that was one of the things about last night. It was. Uh, um, I had this really. Um, I really. I. I. Um, it's. It's my personality anyway. But I. I really was feeling connected to the people that were doing things. And I went up and I hugged this woman. Yeah. I went out of my way. I just made sure yeah. I had an eye on always where she was. After everything was sort of done, and my family was heading over towards where my sister's stone is. We. You know. It's. Sure. You can imagine the sort of ritual around this sort of thing. It's like you bring these. Uh, battery candles and you put all these candles on a thing and you put flowers and you just, super powerful you just sort of stay there you're just there you're literally being present with your family yeah. and you're just you're just taking a moment to just take a moment yeah and so around all that i was really keenly aware of where these people were because i want to reach out and be like thank like, you amazing job yeah. thank you you know yeah um so it was a really, it was a really special night, and it was a really like, and and I was, I was also aware of, um, imagine an event like this where it's been twelve years. So you have, you have sort of this, uh, you know, it's like a high school. You have your graduating class, and you have your entry. You have your your first graders, yeah, yeah. right? Or, you know, your whole the school newbies. system. Yeah, the newbies. So there were really raw people there. 
they were really raw, like 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 very raw, like yeah. bawling, 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 and then like just really intense. And then you had and the empathy that you have, knowing that was you, exactly. Exactly. And to see it, you know, and go, and, 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 so much hurt. Yeah, and, and I and I, I actually have, I do actually have like a, a, a little bit of regret that I didn't. That was that was one of the people that I sort of thought about reaching out to physically, like going over and saying, like, yeah, I, I got you, like, I, yeah, I, I feel you, I feel it. It's it's a weird thing to say because it's like everything is so personal. You don't really know. You don't really know. You know, but like. I've been there, like. Well, yeah, you, yeah, you don't know, but you definitely know. Yeah. I mean, you so know. I, I kind of have like a, an ounce of regret that I did, that I didn't do that, that I didn't go over and just, just give this dude like, this guy was just standing, you know, big, very masculine guy. He was like in a white t-shirt, big sort of big dude, kind of like yeah. you know, in any other circumstance, he would have been kind of an imposing character. Yeah, sure, sure. And but he was just sitting there like, like, the most raw anyone can be. Yeah. Well, he may not have been ready yet. I do believe that everything for its time. And there its was play. there was a little bit of just like he just you know, and that's that's sort of what I was like. There's one thing, and he and he's healing. But he's he is he's having his own moment. He doesn't need me. But then at the same time, like I was there, and I do remember people coming up to me. I do. I have vivid memories sure. of, of like one friend in particular who had lost his brother to a motorcycle accident like not shortly before and he walked up to me and I mean I was like I was you you know where I was I was yeah. like out of my mind yeah. and he just walked up and he just made eye contact and was like I don't know where you are but, but I but I I do yeah 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 you need There's those moments no. yeah well maybe he'll be there next year <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe he'll be yeah, there next yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm probably sure. Probably will be, yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. I hope. I hope. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. This is supposed to be, but wouldn't it be cool? <laughs> <laughs> I actually do. Like, the, the other thing that I do want to... Do you normally do you know do we normally end up do you end up normally crying <laughs> crying on these pods, there. or is this yeah, the yeah, first yeah. time? <laughs> no, no. It's, it's, it can get... Yeah. Stacy Brooks. Uh, did you listen to Stacy Brooks? I don't think so. Lost her son to suicide. Oh yeah, no. That was a little heavy. Yeah, that was probably a little heavier yeah. than this, maybe even yeah. right. Well, yeah, we can uh, we can lighten things up a little bit because <laughs> we are here and we are we're happy to be here. But because um, I, I do want to before we before we end this, yeah. Um, uh, I want to hear a little bit about the comedic mm. hypnotists. Steve Coppola, uh, and yeah. uh, and and particularly in the connection of uh, mind body connection. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, because it is pretty interesting. Yeah. Well, most people don't even know really what hypnosis is. Yeah. That's that's the first thing that I yeah. realized. And I'll, and also let me like like uh, say one thing too. Yeah. For the audience, is, many is that like. I've been to your show and it's fucking awesome. Well, thank like, you. Like it is really awesome. And like Steve is uh, audience. Steve is really the real deal like like you go to this comedic hypnotist show and it is, it's comedic it is it's hysterical yeah. it is like there is not like like everyone is dying laughing in the audience everybody yeah, good and people. the people on stage are out cold like out cold like it is so funny and you have 
an absolute gift uh, well, with like like just. <laughs> I think the important thing is enjoying. Oh, it's amazing! It's it, it is really an awesome show. I really enjoy. It. Thank you for saying yeah, that. I really awesome. enjoy it, and obviously, I uh, people go, "How do you find time to do that?" Right? Six practices. You got these other things going. Yeah, yeah, you got yeah. a family. You got a wife. Because you love it. Uh, yeah, I say, you know, everyone's got something. This is my mental masturbation. Yeah, yeah. You know Let's what I mean? make the time. It's mental it. masturbation yeah. for me. I love it. Uh, I don't enjoy all the practice before. I can be honest. Like, some people just enjoy if they're playing guitar and they're going to go perform. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, yeah. They even enjoy the, the practice before. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't enjoy that much, yeah. uh, that part, like the repetition. Yeah, stuff. your high is on stage. My high is on stage. Yeah. When I get up there... Um, and you know people but there's just so many misnomers mis, uh, miscommunication misunderstandings about what, what hypnosis really is that uh, you got to break those barriers down when you first get up there so that, that pre-talk is really important people are like well I, I can never be hypnotized you're like no you're hypnotized 70% of your day you don't even realize right. it you know people are hypnotized and they don't really understand hypnosis is a conscious and in a subconscious mind and your conscious mind is only 10% of your brain. Your subconscious mind is 90% of your brain. Your conscious mind is in the here and now. Mm, yeah. um, but you could be sitting here right now listening to this podcast right here. And then you were wondering, oh, I wonder what's going on with Bill right now. What's Bill doing? You know, and their, their mind is somewhere else. They're hearing us talk back and forth right now, but they're not hearing us, mm. right? That's hypnosis, right, right? right? I'm talking right to them. They're listening right in their headphones right now. Why did they not hear the last five minutes of what we were talking about? That's hypnosis, right? Mm. We were talking, but they didn't hear it. It's because they are in their subconscious mind, which is everything you've ever seen, felt, heard, experienced, anything in your entire life. It's all in your subconscious mind. Your conscious mind is only what's in the here and now, and it's a very, very small piece. Your memories, all those things sit in mm. your subconscious so it's a lot like going up to a building and having a guard in front of the building. That guard is your conscious mind. Your subconscious mind is in the building. And what they, I do is I go up to the conscious mind. I go up to the guard and I say, hey, do me a favor, guard. Sit on down and let me go into that building and let me play around in that building. Right. And in that building, everything that I say is true. In your subconscious mind, whatever somebody, they take everything as fact, right? Everything is fact. It's like a five-year-old. It believes everything that it hears. And so you say anything to your subconscious mind and you tell it that, it believes that it's actually happened and it believes that it's actually true. As opposed to your conscious mind, which is very, very critical, very critical of whatever you hear. Go, I don't know if I believe it or don't believe it. There's this critical factor that sits between your conscious mind and your subconscious mind. But if I can get the conscious mind to sit down, that critical factor goes down. I can go in and get in that subconscious mind and I can play around there. And if I say that the grass is going to be pur purple with green polka dots, it's purple with green polka dots. It totally believes it and knows it to be true. It's an yeah. amazing experience. I can make you see things that you can't see. Yeah. I can it's make you hear things that you can't hear it's or hear things. So I can make funny. you be a dancer. I can make you be a, you're going to believe yeah. that you're, you're, you, you, you milk cows Scared for a living. of the word what? Yeah. Every time someone says what, you jump you out jump. of your chair and That's people right. will do it. It's hysterical. Or if I say the word yeah. buzzer, you're going to think someone pinched you in the ass yeah, and yeah, you're going to yeah, yeah. shoot you out of your seat. <laughs> Uh, you know, and they feel a pinch, you yeah. know, I mean, they feel an absolute pinch or I'm going to be naked when you open up your eyes or yeah. you hear this music is going to make you dance like an Irish dancer. Uh, they, these are things. And then, Hey, you know, wake them up. Hey, what are you doing? Oh, I don't, I, like I, have no idea. Idea. I have no idea. <laughs> and I thought it was fake. You know, that's what most people think is that hypnosis, uh, comedy hypnosis show. It's not real. It's fake. You know, they're smiling even while you're giving them suggestions while they're under. They're smiling, so therefore they must not be under. 
No, they're under. They're smiling because they're already picturing in their mind that subconscious place what's going on. Yeah. Uh, but we're hypnotized every day, all every day, all the time. And uh, we can hypnotize ourselves in a positive way or in a negative way. It just really depends on you. And it depends on what the types of things you want to feed into your subconscious mind. Because if you're not feeding things into your subconscious mind, somebody else is. And usually it's commercials. By repetition, you hear things. If I say things like, um, you're in good hands with... What commercial? Do you know? Allstate. Allstate. Jeez, well, why do you know that? You didn't sit down and memorize the Allstate commercial. It's just there. Why? Because they know that if we give you repetition, we have it in the car while you're not even paying attention. It's getting into that subconscious mind. Right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. You deserve a break today. Everybody runs on Duncan. We know these (laughs) things. We didn't study them. We didn't practice them that they're in our subconscious mind. So if those things can get into our subconscious mind, why don't we feed good things? You know, yeah. why don't we feed good stuff into our subconscious mind? Like I eat healthy. I feel really good after I well, exercise. Well, and you're also doing, you're, you also do some of that with pain management. I do. Yeah. Right? With even some pain management and stuff. I typically don't do any one-on-one training stuff just because yeah. I do so much already one-on-one with, um, with, with, with patients and patient care with physical therapy. Yeah. Um, but I am going to, and I'm considering doing a group pain management, yeah. smoking, weight loss, those types of things. Say, hey, let's put in some good stuff into your brain and get out the negative mm-hmm. stuff like, oh, I'm fat. I'll always be you fat. Should, you should call it anti-Facebook. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a good point, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, but people have that thought. I'm fat. I've always been fat. I've been fat since I'm a kid, so I'll be fat for the rest of my life. Yeah. They keep fat clothes. Even when they lose weight, they keep their clothes because they don't know if they're going to gain weight again and they don't want to throw out their clothes. What are they telling themselves? Uh, I'm going to gain the weight back again, right? I'm going to try to stop smoking. Well, if you're going to try, you're probably going to start smoking again, right? People don't stop smoking until they see themselves in their subconscious mind as a non-smoker. So as long as they see themselves as a non-smoker, they won't smoke again. But if they're a person trying to quit smoking, they're, they're going to continue. Smoker. They're going to they're a smoker, and yeah. they're, they're eventually going to get back to the smoking. While I was stressed, don't talk to me today. I was stressed. I had to have a few. Yeah. You know, I feel like you did it with me a little bit when you were over my house the other day for my back. And um, even though meds were involved, because yeah, right. I, was, I was trying to get the swelling down, so I was taking the ibuprofen, but, I, but you also had me take the uh, Tylenol, and your wordage was to break the pain cycle. Mm. And so in my head... It's breaking the pain cycle. It's breaking the pain cycle. And that's literally what happened is I was, I was taking it, and I was, and I was taking the ibuprofen, and I, and I took the one Tylenol, and my mindset was I'm going to break the pain cycle and I'm going to, I'm going to literally because I was because as you know yeah. physically I was in a cycle I was just like in this I couldn't get up off the couch right back pain. I couldn't stand up for 10 seconds yeah. without it hurting I had to lay back down and so I had this mindset of like oh well Steve told me it's going to break if I take this one Tylenol I'll break the pain and, and in my head I was like so that it made sense to me if I break the pain cycle I'll get out of this cycle and it will, it will create a new rhythm sure. of no pain well and Two things happen in that case. Why why you accepted that suggestion? One is I'm a healthcare provider, and you you respect me, which I appreciate. Yeah. But one is I'm a healthcare provider, and so as a person of quote power in a place yeah. in a place where you needed help, yeah. uh, so that's one. Um, and hope. And number two was pain. Yeah. So when somebody's in pain, it's very very easy. When I go on a scene and somebody's got hurt. Uh, as a matter of fact, there was a kid who fell off his motorcycle in front of our house type thing, and they yelled for me to come out there, and I came out there, and immediately, you know, 
I have this I have this background as an exercise physiologist, as an athletic trainer, um, and then as a physical therapist. And so I had that. But the first thing I did was I put him into a, a basically a hypnotic state. Right. I was like, hey, look at me. Look at me. What's your name? You know, look at me. Yeah. Hey, what? he was in shock. The way that I was shocked was as I shocked him into a hypnotic state. Right. You know, what's your breathing? What's your name? You know, yeah. and you're, you're good. You're, you're fine. Hey, it's really good. Where are you from? You know, you're good. This is a, you know, oh, he's not. Con- the thought in his mind is he's not concerned that something's really bad right now. He's really concerned about me. Where am I? Yeah. Where am yeah. I from? Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Or kind of he's kind of joking. So it can't be too bad. Yeah. You know, he wasn't joking, joking, but he was joking enough. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, so for you, it was those two things, right? You're in a place of pain. And number two is I'm in a place of people remember a conversation that they had with a president of the United States. So if they were to call you on the phone, that would be a phone conversation that you might remember the rest of your life. Mm. It's a very important one. Mm. Or that conversation when you were in pain from that person who came over and talked to you. Was important. Was very important. Yeah. You still remember that guy. Yeah. You still remember that conversation, what he said. Yeah. And really the look that he had. That right there is a great way to, to embed something into your subconscious mind. Yeah. So how do we get that and how do we transpose that into exercise, into healthy eating, into those things? It's to get to healthy their movements. Oh, yeah, I know that's a big one for you. It like is. The, you know, like just creating healthy patterns, healthy yeah. movement patterns. So we need to get into they need we need to get, get their emotional centers. Emotional centers are right from the subconscious mind. As you see during one of my comedic shows, uh, um, I say, hey. We're going to watch the funniest movie you've ever seen in your life. Funniest movie. Instantaneously, they can be laughing, 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 laughing. I go, sleep. And they're laughing. Even though they're laughing hysterically, immediately they stop laughing and drop down. I mean, that control that they have of their emotions in your subconscious mind. You see them going from hysterically laughing, tears coming down, sleep. And they go down, right? Look at that emotional control. Well, if we can emotionally control their emotions of laughing, crying, you know, uh, fear, or any of those things while they're watching a fake movie that I have them watching. Yeah, nothing. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> then you can imagine what I could do with their emotional components about eating, about right. smoking, yeah. about exercise yeah. when people are open and wanting to make a change mm. and be willing to make a change. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So it's great. It really is. I mean, they, you know, all these things we have medication and then here you have just the power of your mind and the power of your mind is extremely powerful and it's the difference between people surviving in a in a a holocaust camp and not yeah comes down to their 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 brain and their subconscious mind and the subconscious mind and that person for the person in the holocaust camp who's thinking about what they're going to do when they get out of camp as opposed to the person who thinks they're going to die tomorrow that person ends up dying tomorrow and the other person who says when we escape or when we get let go and keep that thought in their mind those are the people that survive so it's a a mind body when you talk about that mind body it really is that 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 perseverance um which you feel when you go running and that you talk to these people and in some of your podcasts that are that are doing triathletes and being triathlon or 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 doing um something these are people that are hypnotizing themselves all the time. They're in their zone. Yeah. You know when people go, I'm in the zone? Yeah. That's hypnosis. Yeah. You're concentrating on your breath. That's hypnosis. You're so concentrating on your breath that you're conscious, but your subconscious mind, everything's going on at that point. Yeah. I'm a believer. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank you. Yeah, and it's cool. I love it. Yeah. Um, I had a, just a little, I'd be interested on your, your observation, but like, uh, I'll be as brief as I can. But my, one time my son was having kind of a panic attack. And, it, and uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm divorced, so he was with his mother, 
but he was having a panic attack and she was taking it was so bad she was taking him to the hospital mm. and he I've called me while they were going to the hospital and uh and he's like freaking out and, and everything and i and i and i so i sort of i don't know why because i don't have the same sort of like training and, and like mindset necessarily but while he was driving i just started doing what you're talking about i just started i said hey Aiden, like where are you and what do you like tell me tell me what you see right now mm. tell me where you are like what you know like oh you see you know like are you going over the bridge so you see that thing off in the distance yeah. and i just totally got his mind off what he was panicking about sure. and on the moment yeah that's great of his surroundings yeah and he and he just like it just went away and he and he and he just started talking to me that's great the breathing got out of control the panic got under control and he just simply started having a conversation with me it's interesting and that's yeah. exactly you know that really yeah. is and and knowing your son you were able to do that even more right yeah but that's perfect. Right. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. We call it. Sometimes we shock it with the who, who, what, what. You know, yeah. we'll just say something obscure. Why yeah. someone's panicking? You say something very obscure, yeah. and they look at you. While Cindy was having uh, Peter, she, she was, you know, going through the breathing that they teach yeah. you, right? But she wasn't breathing. She was breathing, but she was concerned about the pain. She wasn't taking yeah. any pain. Yeah. And I looked at her. I'm like, <laughs> and she's looking at me, and I'm going, no, no. And she's like doing what I'm doing, but I'm like, you know, I kept going. And she's looking at me and she's like, what am I doing different than what he is? So she was all complaining about the pain. And then she was so focused on like, what is he doing that I'm not doing? I don't get what he's doing. That, And she's like looking at this totally mine with a different place. She Meanwhile, really was, she was doing the exact same thing, but you were making yeah, her feel was, like you were. Who, who, what, yeah. what? Who, who, what, what? What, what, what are you doing that I'm not doing? Yeah. What? You know, yeah, and she's like, like blow through the question and her just whole keep thought doing is, it. Yeah, 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 and she didn't even say it. No, but she was looking at me yeah. puzzled, and I know what she was thinking. Yeah. What the fuck am I doing wrong? <laughs> that was what she was thinking. Yeah. And now, if you ask her, she'll say, "Yeah, Steve was sitting there, and he was like going." He, and I'm like, "What the fuck me. am I doing wrong?" No, yeah, she wasn't. She's like, "I don't get what, 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 yeah. what training, what part, you know." Yeah. And of course, she sees me as a healthcare provider, right? Uh, right? So she sees me yeah. as a husband. At that point, though, she was seeing me as a as, yeah. a, as a healthcare provider. And a level of trust. There was no comfort, doctor. Comfort trust. Yeah, yeah the doctor yeah. was not there yet, and Peter was crowned, uh, and I was sitting there going through the process with her, and she the nurse was like, "Hey, it is what it is. You want to do it? Go for go. it." And I said. We'll do it. That yeah. uh, doctor came in literally in time to basically catch it, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, literally at the end, yeah. which was, you know. Yeah. It is. It's all in, it's interesting subject. Very. Really interesting subject, the mind over the over the body. Yeah. It, it, just the mind in general, yeah. yeah. But the mind over the body. The power, the, 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 the power of how we, we focus on things and what we focus on um, and what we don't focus on. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, that. believe it or not, that's a huge component in conversation oh, yeah. for another time. But yeah. things we focus on and then the things that we don't focus on and uh, things that we can miss or things that can be brought up later on in our path that we can regress back and try to uh, pick up on. It's amazing. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. I love it. It was great training. Um, oh, yeah. I've, I think I always used it in my physical therapy anyways, you know, with with patients. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I bet you do, yeah. It's, it's mind-body connection, yeah. you know. And I'll say to somebody, and I said to you, actually, and, and it's true, but I say, you know, seven to eight out of ten people that I put this TENS unit on, this electrodes on your back yeah. with, a, with, a, with a little machine that I turn on, and you feel this little electricity think this is really cool and really works well and helps and, 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 and helps with, with pain while it's on. I say that 
first of all, it's true. But second of all, so they go, oh, I have a 70, 80% chance that this thing's going to help my pain yeah. be better. Yeah. So everything, even before I knew about hypnosis, I knew to um, utilize the brain in its positive capacity. Yeah. You know, it really does work, but it also really works because we really be- can believe in something. Yeah. They used to sell snake oil all the time back in, uh, what, I don't know if we have older people. Too bad we don't have a call in, but there was something, there was a name of something. It was uh, Jenner Gen- Oil or something like that. And they'd get, they get people they'd be selling it all the time it was snake oil it wasn't anything yeah. uh but this you gotta have this if you want to stay young <laughs> wish i could remember what the name of it was we were just talking about it last night well all right man it's been cool yeah this has been great yeah yeah i really a little more this. emotional than i wanted it to be than you wanted it to be or <laughs> expected it to be didn't want to be didn't want to be crying but uh, uh I'm, I'm glad no, I, did. I liked it i thought it, i thought it was good Never know where it's going to go. Exactly. You never know where it's going to go. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you having me on. You have uh, you have a great talent uh, of of, nice. of uh, making somebody feel comfortable and uh, and you know I will say right now I am here uh, with Chris Dempsey. He has not one note in front of him, so he's taking <laughs> no notes. He's drinking beer. Zero preparation. He's got uh, yeah. I'll take his word for it that he had no preparation and yet. Uh, led us down different tr- paths that yeah. led us to very interesting stuff. I thought it was interesting um, just the way that you're able to uh, bring that out it. in people. I'm not interesting. I guess it's, 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 it's noble and it's, uh, and it's talent. Yeah, I it's appreciate talent. It. So you have your own talent yeah, right there that's, uh, that you've developed and it's, it's, it's awesome. So thank you for having me on. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. I appreciate it. Um, I think uh, hopefully people dig- dug it and uh, I definitely thought it was cool. And I... Uh, all about us i also ex- value you a lot as a friend thank you likewise um, for sure likewise um, i appreciate it as you, uh i guess a little uh, insight uh steve came to me through my wife leah and so like uh, uh your wife my wife are good friends yes and so i didn't know you or cindy until i met uh leah and then it was like hey you know i got these friends and come meet these friends and um I really had no kind of uh, expectations. Actually, a little side note, one of them is that like me personally, like growing up, as I got older and older, I always, I always tended to have like really young friends, young friends, young friends, and I felt like it kept me young. I felt like I didn't, I had more in common with younger people. I don't know where you're going with this. Go well, ahead. Well, no, no, it's just, it's just <laughs> that like, um, as I've gotten older, I've, I've felt myself like more comfortable with people like my own age. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, and you and Cindy and, uh, you know, like I've nothing against Cindy, obviously, but you and I have certainly more, you know, like we've, we've kind of got a good bond Absolutely. and like, like a definitely genuine yeah. friendship for sure. And, yeah. and, uh, and, uh, and you're in, it's just been a conscious, a conscious thought in my head of like, you've been someone that I've really been like, kind of had that almost humorous thought in the back of my head is like, oh, I never would have imagined that I've been like, feel really kind of like, I don't know. What Comfortable the word with is. an old yeah, friend. Like tight. It's, yeah, it's yeah. like really like, like I really value you. Well, thank you. You know, I, I, mean, I, I I'm much. really like That's super like happy. Mice. I know I you. The and, same way. Yeah. yeah and, uh, and, and we're different people. We're very different people. And, and, it's kind of like it's associated with like people like I think you even saw like Joe like people would sort of like look at us like we kind of have different vibes absolutely if you will, going on and you get tattoos in a sweatshirt and I'm sitting here in my uh, yeah, you know gold chain a, and button down button shirt. down shirt and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know yeah yeah but um but 
you're a you're a super genuine dude. Thank like, you. Uh, I'm glad I, to hear that. The world that is the world's itself, uh, or exudes itself, off. I should say. Thank yeah. you. Well, I, I'm I I feel the same way, and uh, you know, if you if if you had told me, hey, we're gonna end up being fast friends, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. not sure I would have believed it. You yeah, know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's just not. Uh, yeah. And and it always seems to go where the girlfriend or the wife. That's how the other relationships. So you never know how they're going to go, right? So the wives get together, yeah, they're yeah, friends, yeah. and then they introduce the the wife, uh, the, husband the husband, or the yeah, boyfriend, yeah, yeah. or whatever. The de facto. Friends. So it's by yeah. default that yeah. now you are having to hang out with yeah, the other exactly. person, right? Yeah. So, so we it, got lucky. It, yeah, we got lucky. That's yeah, what it, you know who else we got lucky with is Dave. Yeah, he's awesome. Dave is a fucking awesome. He really guy. is. Holy you want to shit. talk about genuine oh guy? Oh my god. Yeah. He's another one. I was just like, oh my god, like. The first time that I was like, oh, okay, here's Dave, like, you know, Liz's husband. And then, like, like three minutes into talking to the guy, I'm like, genuine. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. I love this guy. So yeah. mellow. And so I've oh. always found people like him. And I attract to the people like that yeah. because it's something that I'm not. Very mellow, very laid back, yeah. uh, very introspective. Yeah. Um, Crazy, he's honest, genuine. Genuine. Like, talented by the way yeah. i mean he can fix a boat he can rebuild yeah, a boat yeah. he has rebuilt a boat he's yeah. been a lobsterman he's yeah. a biology biologist Humble. Uh, oh yeah. my god yeah he's 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 liz for that matter is another person i'm definitely glad i met no she yeah. would be interesting on a podcast <laughs> now would wouldn't yeah, she yeah, yeah. especially if you talk about education and oh yeah uh, no, she and i she and i see a lot of things eye to eye yeah and, and yeah. a lot of like education and parenting and you know she's a well-educated woman yeah she's cool yeah well-educated woman yeah she'd be uh, a fun conversation she would be yeah. her and dave yeah <laughs> now yeah, yeah, yeah. that may not be so good <laughs> she'll dominate yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right man well love you all right love you too thank you all so right. much enjoy right. everybody out there all right brother yes yeah, you got it <laughs>